With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on twitter.com slash joykeys, and you can become a fan on Facebook. Just look up Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. And I'm also on Instagram, lots of cool pictures. You guys know if you tag me in a picture, you might win a prize. I give away gift cards and books and movie tickets, dinners, all types of things. I really encourage you to follow on Twitter, become a fan, check me out on Instagram, whatever way is easier so that you could possibly win something um, from me. (laughs) And uh, I just want to thank you for your support. We are past like 1.2 million downloads of the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean, you want to listen to my crazy voice every Saturday morning? Great. Or maybe you're listening to it at 7 o'clock on Thursday evening. I'm not sure, but thank you for doing that, and thank you for sharing with your friends and family. Well, this month is Alzheimer's Awareness Month, and as you guys know, I really like to keep up to date about what's going on with different health issues and also share those resources with you and where can you go to get help. So I have some experts with me this morning because I am not an expert. Um, Chuck Fischillo, he's the CEO of the Alzheimer's Foundation of America. Uh, Prior to that, he served eight terms. Wow, amazing. New York State Senator uh, representing the 8th Senate District. Good morning, Chuck. Hi, good morning, Joy. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for calling in. Um, And also we have Amy McVeigh. She's representing the Philadelphia Corporation for Aging, um, and she works as a caregiver support program, uh, in the caregiver support program there as a supervisor. Um, She has a master's in gerontology, and um, she's been working in the field for about 16 years. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, and thank you very much, Joy. Thank you, Amy, for for calling in. Um, I'm very familiar with your organization and what you're doing here in Philadelphia, and I just give you kudos. And also, Chuck, your organization across the nation, helping people uh, with Alzheimer's and connecting them with resources uh, is, is a great thing. That's why I'm having you guys on. I want to start with you, Chuck. Um, what exactly is Alzheimer's? Can you explain to the audience what that is? Because some people are confused. Yeah, there always is a lot of confusion with what Alzheimer's is and what dementia is. But Alzheimer's, the, the clinical definition is that it's a progressive degenerate disorder that attacks the brain's nerve cells and results in memory loss and thinking and language skills and behavioral changes. And that's... Um, that's something uh, that individuals, more than 5 million Americans, um, Joy, throughout the country suffer with and are living with. Uh, and that number is expected to nearly triple by 2050. Now, um, Amy, you know, I forget things all the time. <laughs> if I have a fight with my daughter or something and I'm exasperated and I need to go to a timeout, you know, I forget where are my keys, what am I doing, which direction am I going. Amy, what's what's the slight difference here between what I'm going through and what somebody with Alzheimer's has, is going through? <laughs> well, I think we all experience that. <laughs> right. um, I'm a mother of a young child, and we have it. Um, I, I lose things all the time, but I think you know, the important thing is to know that you know people do every day lose things and misplace things and forget things. 
Um, the difference, I think, would be in that when those problems begin to make your life a little bit more difficult, um, when people start to experience um, severe memory losses. Um, they, they literally can't remember um, large gaps of time, um, and they will oftentimes become a little bit suspicious of people um, taking their things versus us realizing that we've misplaced our things on our on our own. And perhaps Mr. Shaw mm-hmm. can actually expand on that. But um, Yeah, well, it, you know, Amy Joy, we are on information overload. I mean, there's so much information out there. We carry around our little iPhones and the pocket computers and everything else, and, and you know, information can never get to us quick enough. And there's so much that goes on. In a, in a daily in our daily lives, that um, one of the things I, I never tell people to do when I'm out there speaking or they want to talk about, you know, Alzheimer's or dementia is don't self-diagnose yourself. Um, you know, mm. losing your keys and forgetting your keys is is very different. But if you forget, you know, when you go someplace and you forget why you're there, and you you suffer from continually memory loss, then then this is then there's an issue to be dealt with. Now, um, Chuck can. Younger people get it, or is it only older? I mean, I, I've no. heard that sometimes younger people. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, unfortunately, there's no age barrier here. It, it is prevalent in, in individuals that are older, but we deal with families who have um, had loved ones that have been inflicted in their 30s and passed away in their 40s. And, you know, we do memory screenings throughout the entire nation, and we get individuals from the ages of uh, teenagers to in their 80s and 90s that come to get screened. So there's no age barrier here, but it is predominant in in older adults. But as I said, we deal with families that have had loved ones in their 30s. Wow. Now, Amy, you know, what, who, who, why, where? Like, is it environmental? Is it genetic? I mean, if somebody in my family has it, does that mean I'm going to get it? Can you talk to the audience about that? Um, a little. Uh, I, there are, I, I believe there are some um, genetic components, um, so there may be, you know, it, there is a hereditary factor involved, but it doesn't know any boundaries as far as, you know, socioeconomic class, um, cultural, or anything like that. Um, I do believe some um, cultural, um, there are some cultures that are more prone to it, but um, mm-hmm. there certainly aren't any um, specifics. Anybody anywhere can get um, dementia of any type, unfortunately. Um, it, it doesn't know any boundaries, really. Chuck, do you think that it's increased um, in recent history, or is it just we're more able to diagnose it now? Well, I think that there's been medical advancements as far as diagnosing it and recognizing it years ago. They would think that somebody, and I hate to say this, was just out of their mind, you know, uh, when you mm. saw an older when you saw an older adult, and that's that's tragic that the public felt that way about individuals. But it's becoming more prevalent in our society. Um, the nation is waking up to this disease that you know it's in the top ten causes of death and the only one with no cure, and uh, more it's affecting more and more families. When you think about that, over five million. Individuals are living with uh, Alzheimer's and related dementias, and then you you think about the multiple factor um, of three or four as far as the caregivers and the support. You could see how many people uh, this affects throughout our country. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, um, Amy, in terms of what Chuck was just talking about, the families it affects. What do you see um, with you know Philadelphia Corporation for Aging and and the caregiver issue? What what, what are you seeing and and how are people handling? Is it well? Is it not well? Um, and what can you guys do to to alleviate any stress? 
Right. Well, it it really does, you know, family dependent um, as far as being well or not well and how willing or knowledgeable the family is about accessing services. Um, there are services available, certainly, and, you know, our place is a great place to start. Um, you know, we have a helpline who can provide um, information and resources. We have an assessment department that can come out to the person's home and help with accessing those resources and to help them accessing programs that are available. And we also have a service coordination component that can come out, can, can help to arrange and organize services in the home, access resources, and create a comprehensive plan of care for the family and the, care, and the consumer as well. And that's so critically important, what Amy's talking about, because you need a support group. And the earlier this is recognized and acknowledged, uh, the, the better off it is, because there are so many issues that need to be dealt with, whether they're medical issues, insurance issues, legal issues, you know, just family issues, preparing. And, you know, there's still a stigma attached to this where there is a denial. And all too often we see that it's been a year or two before somebody fully recognizes, hey, there's a problem here that we have to address. But early uh, recognition of this, early diagnose, early support, building that support team of caregivers is so critically important in dealing with this issue. I also want to mention that the Alzheimer's Foundation of America, they have a national toll-free hotline, uh, 866-232-8484, again, 866-232-8484. Now, Chuck, um, now in terms of, like, medicine for Alzheimer's, is there a medicine out there? Uh, are there clinical trials? Can your organization connect people with clinical trials? Can yeah, the answer is yes to all, to all of the above. It, 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 uh, it's whatever your doctor recommends is the best course of treatment to hopefully it uh, and works differently in everybody, Joy. Some it works, some it doesn't, but to slow down the progression. Um, our helpline, as you gave the number, is 866-232-8484. And in the last two years, we've received over 15,000 calls to our helpline. And, that, and that's staffed by licensed social workers that are dementia care professionals. And primarily we're getting calls from individuals that are, are dealing with memory issues or loss of memory, um, but also their caregivers. And through our more than 2,400 member organizations throughout the country, we're, at, we're able to make those referral of services to provide, whether it's social adult programs or support groups. But it's so critically important, and I want to emphasize this again, that if anybody's dealing with these issues, you know, talk about it as quickly as possible and develop a support team. You know, the caregiving has uh, always been called the second disease because of the emotional and physical stress that the caregiver uh, endures during the process. Now, um, Amy, you were talking about going out to the home and assessing. What are they looking for other than just the person? Do they interview the family, neighbors, or is it just based on the individual? At the time of the um, initial assessment, generally we um, assess the consumer themselves um, and or family members if they wish to be present. Um, really, we can anybody can be present at the time of the initial assessment. Going beyond the initial assessment and when the service coordinator goes out to the home to establish a plan of care, they try to incorporate everyone who is aiding and in any way that consumer in the community, neighbors, friends, church members, physicians, nurses, whoever happens to be involved in that person's lives and is aiding, we try to incorporate that person into their um, care plan. Are there practical things that the person who's going through this can do? I mean, we talked just about medication, yes, but what about, I guess, mm-hmm. behavioral things? I mean, doing crossword puzzles, or I mean, are those things actually helpful? Amy or Chuck, can you speak to that? 
Yeah, I mean, we always encourage that. You know, challenge your brain. Um, you know, Joy, one of the things we I always ask individuals when I'm speaking throughout the country to groups is how many people have an annual physical, and most people raise their hand. And then I ask, well, did, did you have a memory screening? Did you have a healthy brain checkup while you were there as well? And the majority say no. And it's it's so critically important as as we have physical exercise uh, to to keep our weight down and make sure we're living a healthy life and eat right. You need to do things to challenge your brain as well. So crossword puzzles. We always encourage individuals uh, to do ballroom dancing because from head to toe you have to know exactly what you're doing. You know, if if you brush your teeth with your right hand, Joy, go to your left hand. It, 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 you have to readjust your brain to learn how to do certain things. So you should always challenge your brain. And, and do they work? The answer is yes. It's critically important that we keep our brain healthy as well as our body. Now, Amy, um, did you you said there was a phone number. Did you could you repeat that, or did you say the phone number, or should people just go to the website? Uh, they for, can go for to the website. With our, sure, but to access the Philadelphia Corporation for Aging, you can call two one five seven six five nine zero four zero. <clears throat> and our website is Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Our website is PCACares.org. Um and Chuck also can you say your hotline um your national hotline number again for the Sure. People? The the helpline is eight six six two three two eight four eight four. Um we are you know, we staff by licensed social workers, as I said, that are dementia care professionals. The helpline is bilingual. And our website to the Alzheimer's Foundation of America is the abbreviation. It's ALZFDN.org, and it's just jam-packed with information for caregivers. And um, it's a great resource, and I encourage everybody to go to it. I also want to mention that you guys have, um, this is Chuck for the for your organization, a caregiver magazine. It comes out quarterly, I, I remember seeing. Um, so that's something that people um, can and check out. Now, um, one of the things that was mentioned is um, it's also a financial issue um, and also who's going to control the finances. Amy, does PCA help um, families try to navigate that kind of legal, those legal issues? Sure. Yeah, we also, we help with um, providing resources. There are um, a few legal resources within the um, Philadelphia area that can provide free services for our older adults, and we have the numbers and resources for those um, particular uh, legal entities and um, help individuals connect with them if necessary. And, and Chuck, know, how about you guys? I know you guys well, do the yeah. same thing. Absolutely, and and we do that, and that's part of uh, a national program that that we have, Joy, called National uh, Memory Screening, and uh, we feel that uh, it's critically important uh, that if anybody's experiencing any type of memory problems, that they should have a memory screening by a qualified um, healthcare uh, aid, and, you know, it's it's all about planning, and there are so many issues that uh, need to be taken care of. Uh, for families, and we always encourage people to do it as early as possible when you're able to make the decision and be uh, a participant in the decision-making process. Uh, one of the things that you guys have, Chuck, is that you have training, actually, for professionals. Could you we maybe do. talk a little bit about that? We do. We, we mm-hmm. have a division called Dementia Care Professionals of America, and uh, we offer a two-year certification uh, in 39 states, 
individuals who are licensed social workers or licensed masters with uh, social workers with master's degrees can obtain continuing education units up to five and a half hours by going through the program. And it's about best practices on how to deal with it uh, as a caregiver or a professional um, on how to uh, take care of somebody uh, living with Alzheimer's or any type of related dementia. It's a program that we do um, enjoy throughout the country. We train uh, uh, nursing students in colleges. We go to hospitals, assisted living centers, both public and private nursing homes, uh, caregivers, both professional and private caregivers. And we just completed a year-long um, initiative of redoing our training uh, videos. We're very proud of the work. Um, but we feel it's critically important that individuals uh, learn the best practices on how to be a caregiver and how, how to navigate through some very difficult times that they could be facing. I think that's really important because, as you said, culturally, people look at Alzheimer's differently. And just because you're a professional doctor or nurse, you know, medical field, doesn't mean that your your culture all of a sudden goes out the window. So you, too, may have some barriers or things that you might need to overcome or information that you might need to learn. So I think that's very important. Amy, are there physical things that you can help the family do, maybe with the home? Are there any adjustments that need to be made or, um, you know, like things on the phones that, you know, don't forget to go sure. to Johnny's house, or you know what I mean. I'm not trying to be silly, but you know, no, absolutely, that that's to, very important to the person that's dealing with the memory loss. Absolutely, everyday things are very important, and what we can do, um, we can help with uh, setting up an uh, occupational therapy in-home assessment, and they can go out to the home and talk to the individual about what safety measures they can take, um, and to make the house as safe and accessible as possible. And I do believe um, the Alzheimer's Association does go in and do in-home assessments as well to help with um, little pointers and suggestions in how to make the home safe. I know, for example, there are door alarms that can go off um, if the individual tries to leave the home. There are doorknob um, adapters so that p the person can't you know, get out of the home. Uh, there are stove knob adapters to um, make it so that the person can't turn on the stove and accidentally burn themselves or create a fire of any sort. So absolutely there are things that we can do to help um, in regards to um, accessing, you know, like I said, an occupational therapy who, a therapist who can go out and help the individuals to set, set their homes up so that they're as safe as possible. Chuck, do you guys you do similar things um, with your? Oh, we do, and we we actually have a store on our website, the AFA store, where we sell those um, items at a discounted price, and um, it's critically important. But we we also have an excellence in care design, where we go into facilities to ensure that uh, they are best equipped to deal with individuals. Uh, with Alzheimer's and dementia, and we offer certifications to the facilities, and we do that throughout the nation. But it's so critically important, Joy, and I'm going to go back to what I had said when we first started uh, your show this morning, to have a support team and make sure that the support team is properly educated and fully versed in what it is about and trained on how to be a caregiver because it changes somebody's life, you know, in, overnight. And uh, we're not educated. Individuals aren't taught on how to be caregivers. But we go to college universities now and high schools and middle schools throughout the country, and uh, it's part of our new initiative called Raise Your Voice for Care, where we're going in and we're taking over the campuses of the schools for a day, and we create workshops and we train people and we educate them on how to be caregivers and we train faculty and what to look for as well. But And we end the day usually with a concert to try to keep the uh, students involved. But you're never too young to learn on how to be a caregiver, and most likely someday in your life you will be. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely not. I mean, that's why when you become a parent – I mean, they have parenting classes, but I don't think it's the same as a child 
taking care of a parent. It's a little different, no, and, and, you, you know. know um, this family, this family we dealt with on Long Island, uh, who's involved with us, um, very supportive. Their father, the woman's husband, was 36 years old when he was inflicted with the disease, passed away at 44, but the children were 9 and 10. So the, the, two, kids, uh, the two kids and the wife uh, essentially became the primary caregivers. Now, you know as well as I do, no 9 and 10-year-old is expecting to be a caregiver. Right. I mean, um, so, Amy, you know, what, about, what about the case of people who don't want to be caregivers? Amy, can your organization direct them to maybe a facility where they can put the person in? Because everybody does not want to be a caregiver for whatever reason, you know, not necessarily just because they're selfish. It it could just be overwhelming to them or anything. I I mean, do you guys help people who don't want to have them in the home continuously, you know? Well, of, of course, our main focus is to try to keep individuals in the home. Um, and so we would work with the caregiver to try to set up services that might be beneficial. For example, perhaps an adult day center so the person is out of the home and being taken care of during the day, um, as well as mm-hmm. personal care services um, so that the person can get a little bit of um, respite. Um, there are services for, like, for example, temporary respite where the individual can be placed in a, in a facility for a short period of time while the um, caregiver goes on vacation, for example, and they don't have to worry about their loved one. So we do try to work with individuals to try to keep um, consumers in the community for as long as possible. But if there comes a point where, you know, they absolutely cannot do that any longer, um, as Chuck mentioned, you know, there are some behavioral issues that go along with Alzheimer's, and sometimes it can become very difficult toward the end. And if they find that they, you know, a nursing home is the absolute only answer for them, then, you know, we can aid in that process as well. Chuck, how about your guys? You guys, do you help with um, connecting people with centers? Where for daycare or for um, respite care, and we do that. And one of the um, things we encourage, uh, Joy, and I know Amy touched upon it, is caregiver relief as well. Um, as I said before, the emotional and physical stress of a caregiver can be overwhelming, and we always encourage, encourage caregivers to take a time out, to take a break. And there, there are many caregiver relief groups that are around the nation. Uh, that provide uh, the relief to just to let a caregiver get out of the house, whether it's one day a week or on the weekends to do chores or just you know have a mental um, time out period, and that's critically important. But we do that through you know our member organizations throughout the nation. Um, but I'm going to go back to what I keep emphasizing: um, education and creating a support team is so critically important towards successfully dealing or living with somebody uh, who has Alzheimer's. Now, um, Chuck, one of the great things I see that you guys have uh, is you have grants that you give out to nonprofits. I mean, you guys are a nonprofit, and you guys are looking for funds to, you know, continue your great work, but you are also giving out grants to other nonprofits. Could you talk about that a little bit? We do. You know, we were founded by our board chairman, Bert Brodsky, whose mom had the disease, and she was living in Florida, and he brought her up uh, to New York to live with him and had a full-time aide around the clock taking care of her, but she wasn't involved in social adult or therapeutic programs because he wasn't aware of it. So when he created the, the foundation as a national foundation, we have member organizations, and we do raise money to support our services. And I'm really proud to say that 85 cents of every dollar goes back into our programs and services. But we give out grants to our member organizations to support what they do. And this year we will give back uh, close to a million dollars in grants to our member organizations, and it supports their programs. Because to raise money for the smaller nonprofits uh, throughout the country is very, very challenging. Uh, Amy, I'm sure you'll talk about that as well. 
um, you know, it's something we constantly do, and we're very proud that we give back all this money to support these local programs. Because, as I said, it's hard to raise money. If we can do it, we're going to support those member organizations of the foundation. Right. Amy, um, are you guys working with other organizations, uh, collaborating um, systems uh, here in Philadelphia? Um, I'm not really versed on that. I'm sorry. I do know that we work with the um, veterans organization, um, trying mm-hmm. to make sure that the, the vets are um, being taken care of in the best way possible. Um, I do know that we, I mean, our organization, um, as far, I don't know, like, exactly how PCA collaborates on um, on mm-hmm. you know, an executive level, um, but I, I know that on a service coordination level, we, we um, coordinate with any entity that would be um, helpful to the individual in the home. Um, we reach out to anybody who th- we think might be beneficial um, to aid in the individual. Um, so I don't know about any necessarily any, you know, um, concrete um, um, That's okay. That's all right. <laughs> that have, you know, but I do know that we work yeah. with other um, entities as needed um, on a service coordination level as well. And I know that you know we do have we we, we connect with other people um, on a regular basis. Well, I want to thank both of you guys for coming on the show. I want to mention again, um, uh, Chuck, if you could say your hotline, your national toll free helpline again, that would be great. Sure. The AFA helpline is eight six six two three two eight four eight four. And your website address is? It's alzfdn.org. I encourage individuals to go there. It has a lot of educational and informational materials for caregivers. But, you know, take the time. Make the call to our toll-free helpline, and you'll be, you'll be connected to a licensed social worker that is a professional and can offer you counseling and education services right there on the line. And, Amy, could you just mention your um, phone number for PCA? Sure, yeah, it's 215-765-9040, and our website, again, is pcacares.org. And uh, we, as well, we have a helpline um, that's available to help individuals provi- um, providing, you know, that provides resources and talks about um, information in the community um, that might be helpful for individuals who call in. Oh, wow, that's great. You guys are wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on this morning. I'm sorry we've run out of time, but, again, I encourage everybody who's listening to reach out to either of these organizations, no matter where you are, and get some help. And don't delay, as Chuck mentioned, don't wait a year, you know, six months. The first time you start noticing things, you know, encourage the individual. I mean, you don't want to take over their lives, but really encourage them to, you know, hey, get that memory test because not only do we need the physical exam, we also need a memory exam, which I know I've never had a memory exam. So the next time I go, I will myself try to talk to my PCP or primary care provider about that. And also, if you are dealing with Alzheimer's, you know, talk to your doctor about, you know, behavioral things that can be done and also physical adjustments that can be made to your home, you know, what's best. Uh, Both these organizations can help you with those things. Thank you so much, Chuck. Thank you so much, Amy, for coming on today. Thanks, Joy. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Chuck. Take All care. Right, you guys have a great weekend. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye Thank now. You. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, just got off the phone with two experts dealing with Alzheimer's. This is Alzheimer's Awareness Month. Again, it's Alzheimer's Foundation of America. You want to check them out, alzfdn.org. And also, Philadelphia Corporation for Aging, pcacares.org. Uh, please connect with either of them for whatever needs you might have. Either if you're a person dealing with Alzheimer's or you're a caregiver, they have lots and lots of resources for either person. Um, And also, if you're an organization who's interested in working with people who have Alzheimer's, um, the Alzheimer's Foundation has small grants 
that they give out, and uh, you might be eligible. So connect with them, ALDFDN.org. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I'm going to be talking with uh, Dr. Shane Perot in about five minutes about his book, The Black Manual. So I encourage you to call in for that, 646-929-0368. If not, you guys have a great weekend. And you can follow me on twitter.com slash joykeys. You can become a fan on Facebook. Just look up Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. And check me out on Instagram. I'm Saturdays with Joy Keys uh, on Instagram. Have a great weekend. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.